now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright and so on. It's a rigorous training dished out who know all there is to know about horses and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. The final episode of Season 7. This will be it. This will be it. Equine Dynamics is the number one podcast to create sounder horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. On this week's show, talking terminology, the curvature of a spine, and also proper valid movement, Chapter 16, the Marsha story, the last chapter of Tony Gonzalez's book. And also, Mike wants to wrap up on everything that we've learned this past season. And over to my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? I am doing good, Travis. How are you today? I'm doing well. Did, Mike, did you think we'd make it this far? I think I said that to you. I at didn't the big... think I'd make it up your stairs. <laughs> I think I think you said I said that to you. A few you. weeks ago, I was really wondering. <laughs> yeah, your hip was all out of place and everything. And I think after after season one, after doing 12 episodes of season one, I think I came back on uh, season two. The first thing I said, Mike, did you think we'd make it this far? And I'm going to tell you again, Mike, do you think we'd make it this far? I had confidence in the whole entire... Well, I'm, I'm glad you prodded me along with your cat broad well you know and I, I was talking to a bunch of people and they were saying you know i've got some other people that are interested in starting podcasts and everything right. and, and i have i've been doing this for many years and you know when mike came to me i said okay you know we can do a podcast we can do a show we can do this i said but you know normally traditionally if you can get past eight episodes you know you're you're in it and you still have the desire to do it i know a lot of people drop out starting podcasts oh yeah i'll get a microphone i'll get a camera i'll hit a couple buttons and i'll be famous and then after like six episodes we're like god this is a lot of work and, and Mike, you bring a lot of work and a lot of knowledge to this podcast. So our listeners appreciate that. We appreciate you here. Just to give you a little update, we're going to take a, like we always do, we take a couple weeks off and then come back after the first of the year with brand new stuff and a lot of stuff to talk about. But let's talk about this show right now. Mike. Yes. Did you did you go see Diego's leg after I told you the whole sob story about the swollen? I did not go see Diego's leg. I did call the trainer. Okay. Well, what happened was it, I misspoke and I thought it was the the hind leg. It was actually the front leg. Right. And he's doing well. So I know everyone out there was worried and stuff. I say he's doing well. So don't cost any money. Well, let me get to that point here in just one sec. That's so, what his job is. So no, don't forget for every podcast we do, we have a matching video, and you can see us over on YouTube the way you f see the video is to go to uh, YouTube, search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein, and make sure you subscribe over there and you can see all the little visual stuff that we have going on here in the studio. Any kind of film footage that we have or any kind of x-rays, you can see them as we're talking about them here. Now here, this is a great time to go over there right now if you're not watching us, is Diego, his second or third day back from this training facility, right? right. He had it was a cold it was a cold winter morning and yes. and the sun was rising in the east or the west i forget where the sun rises it rises in the sky somewhere yeah and diego had his nice winter blanket on mm -hmm. and you know what's the old uh the adage saying the grass is always greener on the other side right so diego when he got back to the his pasture and you know he's roaming free and and walking around and stuff at the at this facility that he's at he decides to say hey that grass over there on the other side of the fence look fence looks good right now the people at this training facility is very smart they put a hot wire on the fence just like we have out here when we rebuild our fence so the horses wouldn't lean on the on the slats and stuff uh, and push the fence down so they have a hot wire on the fence out there to keep the horses off the rails well diego's got this nice fluffy blanket on and so he starts leaning on the fence now i'm going to switch cameras here let's see i'm going to go to this camera here 
So if you're watching this on the video here, Mike, what are we looking at here? Nice. So what happened was... Someone has done some fit work. <laughs> Diego was leaning on the hot wire, and since he had his nice fluffy jacket on, he leaned on the hot wire so much, the, the jacket was, was keeping it from touching his skin. Right. So he didn't realize it. So he, of course, you know, he's five years old. He doesn't know his own strength. He pushed through all the rails of the fence to get to the grass on the other side. Good boy. Now, you ask me if, he, if he's costing me any money. I don't know if this is costing any money or anything like that. Uh, but what happened was there are at least 13 horses on this at this facility. Yes. Now, the whole entire property is fenced in. So even if he gets out of this pasture. He's, he is inside. You have he, to go through a gate and all that to get in and out of the property for so, sure. So when the, um, the barn hand that lives on the property went out to feed in the morning, she's got the stallions and stuff over here, and she's got the mares and stuff over here. So the barn hand who lives on the property went out to feed that morning. There's Diego standing with all the other stallions, but on the outside of the fence. She's like, hey, what are you doing outside of your crib? So that's what, just a little warn you out there, for all those people out there that blanket their horses, you know, this is something I wouldn't even thought of. He He's still young enough where he hasn't really had a whole lot of interaction with a, with a hot wire fence. Right. And so he's had this blanket on, and this is the damage that he's done on, on one of the property's fence. It looks like he knocked a couple rails down. It looks, they're vinyl. He did. <laughs> Good boy. It's a vinyl fence, so I'm sure that'll be easy to to mount back up and, and yeah. clean back up so that that was uh the story amy came back and she said your your son your pony was a bad boy i said how, how is he how is he my pony he when, he's bad? when he's bad when he's bad he's my my responsibility and then you know that's what happened so keep in mind out Good there point. the cold weather out there and having your horse blankets on if you have a hot wire fence all right guys we have a lot to talk about lots to get into we are wrapping up season seven uh for the year and but we've got a lot more coming up so stick around you're listening to equine dynamics with Mike Sign, he'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Travis from the Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein podcast. This is it. This is the last time before the end of the year. I'm going to remind you to download this app. I'm talking about the Real-Time Voice Analyzer app and what it does for you. We're getting into the holiday season. If you're not feeling right and you want to make sure that you're protecting yourself and protecting your family, especially going into the new year, the Real-Time Voice Analyzer app does that for you. Based on your voice biomarkers, you speak right into the device and it'll let you know if you've got a common cold a flu, COVID, or the new RSV or whatever strain that's come out this week. And you're like, going, well, I've got tests already. Yeah, they're a year old, if not older than that. And they were testing for the things that were happening right then at that time. The Real-Time Voice Analyzer app is updated continuously and is on top of all the new different strains that are out right now. And it only takes 15 minutes to get the results back. Now, I know it's the holiday time and you're like, I don't want to have to spend any money. Well, listen to this. All the way till March of next year. If you sign up right now, no credit card needed. All you have to do is just put your email address in there so they know who you are, so you can log into the app. You get 10 tests absolutely free. 10 tests for everyone. So if you have it on your phone, 10 tests. If your sister has it on her phone, 10 tests. If your dog has it on its phone, for whatever reason, 10 tests, absolutely free. So sign up now. That's the Real-Time Voice Analyzer app. And if you need more information on this, you can find out over at the realtimevoiceanalyzer.com. So sign up now, protect yourself. This is our last chance to remind you before the new year. 
Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Sign. If you have a question for Mike Sign, the way you get a hold of him is go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page, it says contact us. Fill out that little form. Make sure you put a return address, and we'll send you out some magnets and stickers. Uh, unfortunately, if you don't get it in now, uh, you're not going to have any little extra stocking stuffers from Equine Dynamics. That will really break the hearts of all the little kitties. <laughs> I didn't get any. I didn't get my magnets. I didn't get my keychains. Uh, but we'll still send those out to you no matter what. Uh, you can just say that Santa was a little late getting them to you. But make sure you put a return address in there, and we'll send them out to you right away. And over to my far end side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you? Did you figure out your phone issue over there? I figured out that I turned it all the way off. <laughs> uh, we have a segment that we call Talking Terminology. Now, Talking Terminology, just to give you a little background of what it is. If you're in the barn and someone like your farrier or your vet or someone in the area says a term and you're not too familiar with it and you want to know without being outstandish and saying, you know, hey, what do you mean by that? That type deal? Well, we kind of take the mystery out of some of the words that are being spoken in the barn and also correct some of the slogans and and phrases that are being used in the barn. Some people might not be using them correctly. We just want to give you a clear headspace to figure out what these terms are and we give you the definitions on them. This week's term in talking terminology is curvature of the spine. Now, I know it sounds simple. Mike, what is the actual definition of curvature of the spine when we're talking about the biomechanics of a horse? Well, with a horse, you know, if you look down their back, horses are all born, they're, they're a little twisted. Some of them never quite straighten out. If you've got a horse that is dropping a hip, he will roll his barrel away, and that can create a curve in the body. Now, can he stri- square up and straighten up? That's the big question. Have you shot an arrow? I have shot an arrow when I was 13 in, in what they had. Instead of Cub Scouts, the YMCA had something called Indian Guides. Yeah. So, I yeah, that's the only time I shot an arrow. And I think it had, like, a rubber tip on the end. <laughs> well, that's no fun. Well, they don't want you, you to shoot poke. shoot it straight up in there and see where it's going to come down. Poke your eye out, kid. You know, if, if an arrow has is bent, you know, when you release it through the air, it does not fly where you want it to. If your horse is crooked, twisted, something like that, as far as how they track, will kind of simulate the error that's one of the best ways i've known to describe it but you know when you're looking at a horse you want them straight square up top and if not you know that's where some of the stuff that we do comes in to help get them mechanically where they can take care of themselves and get them straightened up so they can perform more evenly now mike you might not know the answer to this question but Probably you, you know a lot more than i have as far as like the history of the horses and how they how they used to shoe horses and how they used to correct things such as curvature of the spine so has there been anything where they actually, I picture like the medieval times where if you wanted to be taller, they put you on the rack and stretched you, you know, they would literally stretch you to make you taller. Is there anything that they used to do with horses when they had that curvature of the spine where they would take, in my mind, I would think of like, you know, a couple two by sixes and slap them to the each side of the horse and tighten them together to make sure it kind of straightens that spine up, almost putting like a, like a bracket on the horse to, to straighten the spine up. Or is this something that is strictly on the ground type of mechanics that you have to fix no we work with chiropractors we work with other body workers um there have been some things done in past history that were kind of really rude well that's what i was yeah that's what i was getting Uh, at i've heard of cases where somebody tied a horse to a fence post good stout post with a good stout lead ran them backwards to straighten their neck out does that work or not work in theory, you would think it would work, or in theory, you were just going, that's rude to the animal. It's just, it's just rude to the animal. Uh, you know, they, they probably damaged some animals, hurt some animals doing that one, if, if that was done. I've never actually seen it. I've heard people talk about it a long time ago, but hopefully we've gotten beyond that. As far as them curving their spine, if I've got a horse that's off and dropping a hip, they will roll their body away from that hip as the hip collapsed typically, 
And if I can get him happier on that leg and get him using that hip and get it built back up as he comes back on it, it's just like if you're sitting here and you drop one hip down, what happens to your body? And if you get it strong and build it back up, your body will start centering up. Some of us just rolling the barrel away because the hip dropped. If you're a human, they put like a, a riser in your shoe to make you walk to kind of... Right. And- <laughs> And with Tony earlier on, that's where he was working. But later in his career, he actually got away from the lift, was getting away from the lifts. But a lot of people don't know that because several years after, like 10, 10, 12 years after, 14 years after the book was published, it was rare to put a, a pad on a horse. And at this point, I almost never do. The more we figured out mechanics and ground forces and brought podiatry into it and everything else, the less you need to lift one unevenly. And the problem with lifting them unevenly is they're kind of locked into that pressure until you take it off. Now, when a baby's born, you say it's all twisted up. And you, I know you said this many times before, you know, as soon as the horse is born, let it get sort of untwisted. Unwind it. Yeah, yeah, unwind it and stuff. How soon should you start be looking at the, you know, hey, we've got a problem with this horse, or hey, give him a couple more weeks, let, let him grow into his body, let him grow into, let him, like we said, let the foal unfold. Yeah, sometimes uh, if horses are babies that are kept in a stall versus babies that are out moving, and, you know, the wild horses, from some studies that I've seen, this goes back to Ovenax work and all that, the, the mares in the wild will have the baby and then move the baby away from the placenta usually for about two hours right after they're up and born maybe slowly but they move them and during that moving and they've they had been doing some experimenting with test horses where part of them were moved part of them were not they had an eighth mile track and they went they changed directions changed directions changed directions the babies that got out and moved that two hours slowly were a lot straighter and a lot more athletic was what they were coming to. And now this was a small test group. This was a dozen or so doing it, a dozen or so where babies were raised in the stall. At later on in the horse's life, the ones that were out moving were probably probably more athletic, stretched out. They they aligned things themselves. But if we don't allow them to move, they don't get a chance to do that. And in that first few hours, that body can shift around a lot. The wild mares, they leave the placenta on the ground for the coyotes mm-hmm. to eat, move the baby away from it for the safety of the baby. The domestic horses don't have to do that. I know when we had uh, when we had Pepper here, and we it was a two for one buy. We didn't know she was pregnant. You're and, lucky. And she, yeah, she, uh, she was as the owners or, or the people that we bought them from was leaving the driveway. They were like, going, hey, by the way, she might be pregnant. See you later." <laughs> and so, sure enough, you know, six eight months later, she had a baby which we call cayenne which is still here on the property mm-hmm. and when she was born within hours she was up running up and down the pasture and kicking and and you and know still running up and down the pasture kicking she is yeah. so we got the vet to come over and the first thing the vet said was where's the placenta he wanted to see the placenta right i didn't think anything of it you know as far as like you were saying about the coyotes and everything but he picked the placenta up and he looked to see if there was any bruising on the placenta if there was any tears in the placenta right meaning that she had a a good good carry and a good birth at the same time right and uh from my observation as far as cayenne i don't think she is she doesn't have curvature of the spine and we've never done anything she's not broken she's got a spicy attitude she's got she does have a spicy attitude hence the name cayenne but we have never uh done anything to her mike you've only been trimming her feet she's not broken she is somewhat obedient on a lead line uh, but she, she wants to be yeah she is a miniature uh horse she's not a pony she's a miniature horse and they tend to have a little bit of a snarky attitude anyway it's that little man syndrome i think they have but well, but her spine for the most part from what i can tell and you see her more than i do believe yeah, it or not she's pretty straight she's, she's pretty straight yeah 
And uh, we didn't do anything at all other than, like I said, when she was born, she was born out in the pasture. and She was she went out and did her thing. Yep, and got straight right out of the bag, literally out of the bag. All right, guys, stick around. When we come back, we're going to talk about Marsha's story, the last chapter of Tony Gonzalez's book about the proper balance movement of a horse. So stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Make sure you follow him over on Facebook. Uh, search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. And Mike, you're still posting a bunch of different articles up there. A lot of interesting articles that I've been reading and everything. Have you talked to your sales office, or you're not your sales office manager, your office manager. Is she fixing this? We have it in the works. Okay. We have it in the works. So hopefully by next season, I can just send everyone to Equine Dynamics instead of them sending them all over the road and everything like that. Uh, so find him over on Facebook as well. And over my far right side, our very own farrier is Mike Stein. How are you? I am jumbled. How are you, Travis? I'm doing all right. Now, this whole season and part of last season, we were talking about Tony Gonzalez, who was one of Mike Stein's many mentors that he had getting into the farrier game. Tony Gonzalez has taught Mike a lot about uh, padding horses, why they pad horses, and how to get why he's gotten away from padding horses, and all the different attributes as far as the biomechanics on how to start with a horse from you know treating the feet, treating the the on up the body and asking the question why why is this why is that and tony gonzalez unfortunately passed away in 2000 but his book and his legacy still lives on and mike just wanted to share a couple of his chapters out of his book so we kind of focus on that here on season seven so this is the last chapter of the book and it's called marsha's story and the basic story about a nine-year-old jumping horse who had been doing well in competitions but recently had begun resisting the rider's directions changing her lead up at the jump and bucking to the other side by looking at the entire horse carefully as well as checking on the saddle fit and watching the rider tony was able to help the horse and the rider to get back to winning competitions this story again illustrates how confirmation uh, underdeveloped muscling and overstretched muscles as well as saddle fit and rider position can affect the horse's performance and even soundness so mike discuss your views on what we're talking about as far as marcia's story and the vertebrae problem that the horse was having if you follow the story, she was jumping and you know showing, and she started bucking and she started protesting the saddle being put on. She ended up had a knot on the back, and people said, "Well, there's a rib out." And this was working with Ray. Of actually, our last trip down to New Zealand had a horse with a rib out, and the horse was barefooted. What? And then we put a shoe on the horse. Ray was doing the body work. He says, "I got a rib out," and he says, "I want to try something." Yeah, Ray was totally blind anyway. He had. Huge amount of feel. Now, when you say a rib out, I hear broken rib. Well, how well, can a, how can a rib be out on a horse? Can a human have a rib a horse, out? Probably. And if you've got a horse that is twisted hard, you can have one rib that is pushed out and up higher than the rest of them. You'll get a bulge there. And that could cause some real saddling problems. Gets, that area will get sore, right? Yeah. I think I yeah. got a rib out in my back. Yeah, the, that's probably not a rib out. <laughs> you know, it could cause some saddling problems. And 
that'll change a horse's attitude and may end up changing your attitude and may create you trying to see if you can defy gravity sometimes. So how did Tony adjust this the rib that he thought was out? Well, at that time, he was doing a lot of pad lift here, lift there, do that sort of deal, right? My wife's got those those three-inch rubber, like almost silicone-type pads. Right, and that's not a bad thing. And, because and, Yeah, if you can get the horse to stand on them long enough. If you can enough. get the horse to stand on them and... They'll put more pressure on the side they're heavy on, so they'll end up pushing that damp that side down. In this case, the shoulder where that was dropped, as far as looking at the muscle structure, that one had been carrying less weight. So if they're standing there putting more weight on the one side, it'll compress more, and then that kind of evens them out and, and gives them a chance to adjust, and sometimes that's all you need. Now, Dominique was our main horse that my wife used to right. ride. Is this a similar story of what happened to Dominique? Because Dominique, she rode very well. She was a good rider. She mm-hmm. did have some little issues here and there, um, but it just couldn't... her problems more than that. Of course, we had some people in taking a look at it, and and we've decided because of the, the damage up there that she needs to kind of relax a bit. She's done her job. Is it damaged, or can it be fixed with just more maintenance, more the well, massaging and, and chiropractic and ideally adjusting? You can get it fixed with that if you've got. You know, weird calcifications, problem, tendon ligament damage, that sort of thing. Mm, that's going to take a while if you can. You know, there's a lot of these horses we can get going relatively easy. In the case of this horse, the horse went off bucking, but, you know, the, the horse was, you know, dropping the saddle out to one side. So the lady was throwing her hip back onto the diagonal corner of the saddle and then sitting down on that rib. And then the horse said, ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> it's a little tender. <laughs> right. So in, in this case, you know, they shoot the horse, they took the horse, they put it through the works. And like Tony had said, let's see what happens here. And the lady got on the road, the lady put it through the jumps, and up to a certain point until after that got went over a jump or two, the shoulder was moving that was stuck because I think that's part of what was going on. And then when that happened, the barrel straightened out. So the horse looked a lot better, started tracking straighter. I've had horses going over jumps that we had problems because they were pushing primarily off of one hind leg because they were twisted. And when we got them traveling straighter, boy, they got a lot stronger jumping. Same thing with working uh, in 08. I was working with a team horse for the U.S. Endurance team, and it was the exact same thing because the horse was running out of gas, but it was dropping a shoulder, and it was it was dog tracking. When we got the horse squared up, pushing straight, that horse it made a big difference. Now, Mar- Marshall's horse is, is doing well at, from... From Tony's book. From Tony's book, yeah. Yeah, the horse ended up doing, doing well for them. These odd things will always teach you something. Tony was very inquisitive, and he was hunting very hard, and he was always hunting for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And as he progressed, he started finding out some things were were a little different. And then, uh, you know, so what he was doing later in his career was a little different. Now, the kind of sad thing is, you know, Tony had a few strokes, and then there were people that took Tony out teaching. And Tony kind of remembered what he had done when he had first started this trip down the road with a horse. And there was a big chunk kind of left out. I know that there were people kind of telling him what he was doing, you know. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick little break, and we're going to dive into actually how Tony's train of thought has changed after writing the book and all the the complications and issues that he had to deal with personally as far as uh, examining horses as well. So stick around. You'll see the Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back.
Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. If you want to contact Mike Stein at any time, you can do that by going to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page, it says contact us. Make sure you fill out that little form. Ask us a question. Uh, we'll read it on uh, the very next season, which is coming up here shortly. This is the end of season seven. So don't worry. If, if you haven't listened to all the different episodes, if you're like, I'm, you guys keep pushing them out and pushing them out. Now's a great time during the holiday break is to go back and refresh yourself or just listen to them all over again. Start at season one where we actually meet Mike Stein and the evolution of the show for the past seven seasons and all the information out there. So it's a great listen and make sure you do that now as we uh, wrap up. Not yet. <laughs> we still got some more to talk about today. But we're not at, done. Yeah, no, we're not done, Mike. I know. You need the cars out front still fired up with all the it's Christmas. waiting on me right now. It's got all your Christmas presents in there for you to hand out to all the little kitties. And over to my far inside is Mike Stein. Hello, Travis. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Now we're going to talk about, you You started to get into on last break, about Tony Gonzalez. And before Tony passed away, right. he had this whole idea about how he would examine horses and how he would, and then unfortunately he we lost him. He passed right. away. Um, but after writing the book in the mid-80s, he, his train of thought started to change. And what influences his train of thought after writing this book uh, when it came out? Now, not that the book is totally wrong. No, no, no. It's not totally lo- wrong. And occasionally we'll go in that direction, but... Tony got involved with Clyde Caldwell. They were working back and forth. Clyde did a lot of chiropractic work along with being a farrier. And that started bringing in some more to Tony's world. In my dealings, I had a lot of dealings with Clyde. And uh, Clyde is also gone now. And between them, they were working on, okay, can we do this without putting all those extras in there? And Tony was really starting at that point, starting to focus more on pressure points within the hoof. And the better you got at settling down those pressure points on the hoof, and people say, oh, the hoof is balanced, which it kind of got to where Tony did not like people saying the hoof is balanced. And I kind of, I kind of agree with him. We normalize the pressure in the hoof. There's no dead set balance because there's no dead set perfect limb column, right? And I'm never balanced and you're never balanced. I am way off balance. <laughs> Sometimes. Yes. So. You work with what you got the best you can, right? Figuring out how to figure where you're getting pressure in the hoof. There's a diagonal relationship in the hoof. A lot of times, it's like a flare. You can dress a flare, and you can see in a hoof of flares there still because of what is going on at the top of the hoof head in the, in, you know, into the coronary band you know, where it all goes together. And learning to feel and palpate the hoof and see what it wants to do in your hand. And some of that is, that's why people, I want to wear gloves. I don't wear gloves when I, when I work on horses' feet because I want to feel every little thing I can. And your hands represent that too. Yes, they look beautiful. <laughs> and it was showing up in front of the cameras there. See, mine are all nice and manicured. Yeah, I'm a hand model. There's my newest <laughs> thumbnail job. Anyway, you know, I don't want to lose that because sometimes I pick up things and especially working with Ray, you know, Ray was totally blind. Mm. I had Ray doing a pretty nice job of trimming feet. And how'd he do it? He's blind. He felt it. And trying to learn how to teach Ray to trim a foot and find the pressures, he felt the stuff going on in the, in like around the corner band or the side of the hoof, the, a wrinkle in the hoof quicker than I did because he lived by feel, right? I was going to say, who With, are, who are like your top five, top 10 uh, mentors that you right. have? had so you got tony you got ray you got clyde Cowell, dick mansman okay and all these people you have phys- they're not like right. far away mentors like you you've uh, observed them from a distance no, you've worked work side, with them. side by side with these people doc redden in kentucky mm-hmm. so you've lost out of your mentors unfortunately you've lost tony lost tony you've lost ray Ross ray and you ra- lost, lost clyde. clyde now who are your mentors now because you know it's 
you're you're always Mike. You are always looking for an answer. You're always right. furthering your education. So have you adapted or uh, adopted other mentors, or is well, it Doc Redden is has been a mentor since oh 1990. Uh, Ovenak has been a mentor of mine. We've been out of touch for a while. He did a lot of stuff for the Wild Horses. There's been many others out there, a lot of them. That you still stay in contact with. You can you yeah. call them up at any time, and, and even if two years have gone by. two years have gone by or anything like that. And you pick I tell it up. you, I've, I've got a fellow I have not talked to in a while that uh, was a did a lot of padded horses. People, why why did you talk to him about it? Because you don't do padded horses. I'm like, no, but I've run into some questions. You know, to get a horse to gait, they need to be square and the leg needs to come up and down the leg. Now they'll shim them and all that. And I played with shimming for a while, but the better I get about relieving pressures, I don't need to do it. With shimming, I ran into later on, ended up with some odd compression problems. And who who is that that you were calling with the uh, Jim Crow. Okay. You know, I'd met Jim some years back at other clinics and places. Met he was up at a big clinic we did we went to in Virginia. Now, one thing I do want to I, I do want to point out, you know, you you say you've got all these different mentors and stuff. I want to I just want to say to you, I I've known you for I've known ten you for <laughs> ten and a half minutes, oh, actually thirty minutes since we've been doing the show. No, I've known you for a long time, even before doing this show, right. um, and I've learned more dealing with you or talking with you. I value you as a mentor for me. I've seen you out at barns, not just ours. I'm talking about other barns and everything. And I believe in my vision, I don't know if you see this or not. I see the trainers look at you as a mentor as far as your decisions on how do we address this. I know trainers look at you as a mentor as far as asking you questions and anything like that. And I know that riders and owners look at you as a mentor to make decisions on their horses. You know, what's best for the horse or what you should do. So well, e- even, even, hold on. Let me finish because I'm buttering you up here. <laughs> Lots of butter. So even though margarine? you're you're the the mentors that you have have passed away, and you've still got a couple that you look towards. I don't think that you understand that there's a lot of people in the horse community that look towards you as far as information and what to do and the next step. Well, I don't really see myself as a mentor. I, I there's know. too many things I got to figure out yet. <laughs> I I know that, Mike, but I don't think that you realize how important and how people value your opinion. Uh, I've heard it several times, even when you're not there in a barn. When when uh, I listen, I listen because that's my job. I listen to people and I right. listen to how people talk and stuff. Even though I'm not part of the conversation or anything, when they start talking about horses, because I want to learn as well, just like all our other listeners out there, whether they have horses or don't have horses, um, they listen to the show hopefully to get some information. And I listen so I can get information. I hear people talk about, you know, the horses and this is going on and this is going on. And I'll hear someone pipe up totally out of my circle of friends that will say, well, have you, who's your farrier is one of the first things they say. Well, I've got, you know, Doug Smith. Well, have you, have you, uh, have you had Mike Stein come out and look at the feet? Well, do you use Mike Stein as a farrier? No, because I'm not at that level that Mike Stein needs to be on my horse. My horse is just a, a pasture horse type deal. Even the pasture horse people know who you are and they look for you for information you had a lady the other day that just called from georgia right saying hey look you know i i found all this information on you and and i want you to help me with my horse and i'm willing to bring my horse to you so even though you've got all these different mentors that you look forward there's a, a laundry list of people that that look for you for information i just wanted to share that with you well the, and, and i appreciate your your i feel like you're mentoring me by doing this whole entire podcast right but one thing i will say no matter what they're doing with a horse, it's a horse. Yes. If it's a pasture horse, it's a horse. I do and work on some pasture horses. And that's like I try to tell people and what it's a horse. 
doesn't matter the price. doesn't matter what they do. It's a horse. And you treat it as a horse, and you pay attention as it's a horse, and it does, price tag doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I go in there and I'm to ask to do my, try to do my best for a horse. That's what I'm there for. Try to help something out. Maybe this horse will be the one that teaches me something because they have been my biggest mentors. The horse, the big teacher. All right, guys, stick around. We'll come back one little segment, and we'll let you get back to enjoying your ponies. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. I'll be right back. Dynamics with Mike Stein. Don't forget, you can have this show broadcast out of your location, your event. Uh, just go over to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says clinics. Fill that out. Uh, we'll pencil you in. We're taking a couple weeks off. This is the last show for uh, season seven. We're going to take a couple weeks off and come back in January full force. We've got a whole bunch of new guests lined up. We're going to be on location at several places. We're going to have some new guests here in the studio as well. we got a whole big laundry list. I already said laundry list. Lunch. We have a whole bunch of things happening in season eight. So if you haven't got caught up with the show, now's a great chance to get caught up now. Learn all the names, learn all the the slogans and the talking terminology. Get up to date on that during the holiday season and then come back in full force in season eight and join us. And joining us here in the studio is Mike Stein. How are you? I am doing good, Travis. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing all right. And do me a favor, Mike. Just say thank you. That's all you have to do is just say thank Thank you, you. Travis, and and thank you to, to all our listeners and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I know you're, Thank you. I was trying to give you a compliment and, and some people like my, he's very modest and very humble and he, do, he doesn't want to take compliments. I said, Mike, just say thank you. Just say thank you. <laughs> All right, Mike, what do we learn today? Talking terminology, curvature of a spine. Well, there are horses that have a curvature of the spine. There are people that have a cur- curvature of the spine. Like me. And if somebody has a curvature of the spine and they're riding, it will, it can push the horse where they are not straight. So we've got to be very careful with that also causing problems with saddle fit and all this ties together to what is going on with horse's feet so when a baby comes out of the womb it's already twisted so you would want the horse not to be stall i won't if if i was breeding and i was breeding my perfect horse i would want them moving i would encourage them to get out and move and unwind and unwind and straighten themselves out Yes, people, oh my God, babies out bucking and running and cutting flips and everything else don't want them to hurt themselves, and they do sometimes. Mm-hmm. But on the other end is they need to be a horse. They need to live like a horse. They need to grow up like a horse. And they need an interaction with other horses so that they know their place. They need to be a horse before they're a partner. That's right. All right, and uh, the proper balance movement, the last chapter from Tony Gonzalez's book, chapter 16, Marsha's story and the vertebrae problem that she was having with her horse and the saddle making the horse buck and, and do funny things over jumps. So many times with a horse, you'll see their attitude going downhill. He's just gotten nasty. He's just gotten, sometimes it's pain. Horses will react to pain. Their attitude will get re- bad because of pain. So let's look and let's think and let's answer that question. Why is he acting that way? Why is he not like his saddle anymore? 
Why is he not moving like he used to? Why does he want to plant me in the dirt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also all the different mentors that you have uh, come across in, in your time and uh, through your career and the mentors that you had before and uh, how many you have now or what? who do you look for now or look towards now? A lot of people that I will ask questions. Just the other week, I called an Amish farrier because I had something odd going on with a horse that had been a driving horse. And I'm like, this is something I'm not used to dealing with. So these guys deal with it all the time. He's becoming a dressage horse. He drove until he was 12 years old, which I'm kind of scratching my head a bit. But the way his gait pattern was, I'm like, the way the back end, that doesn't match up to where, where I'm used to living. So let's talk to somebody who lives there. Because I was like, am I missing something? And I've got a lot of people I will call. I have friends that will call me. And uh, I'm like, yeah, hey, tell me if I'm being an idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what, am I being stupid today? What am I not paying attention to? And I'd like to reiterate again that how many people uh, through the horse community, not just here in North Carolina, but uh, all over our, our listeners and stuff, whether they tell you or not to your face, whether they're talking behind you, mm-hmm. about you in a good sense. Throwing rocks at me. <laughs> there are a, a large handful of people, and I say handful using both hands, like a, the cup run over type deal, that look for you, Mike, as their men as far as making decisions or are giving them the best advice to make decisions, whether it be a trainer, whether it be a horse owner, whether it be a rider, or just anyone in general who is in the horse community. They all look towards you, Mike, as a mentor. Thank I just wanted to say that to you, and you say you go, so. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, Thank guys, you. that's going to uh, wrap it up for Season 7. Uh, don't forget, if you'd like to ask Mike Stein at any time a uh, question, go to equinedynamics.com, and make sure you watch all the different videos that we've had here in the studio. Uh, go to YouTube, search Equine dynamics with mike stein make sure you subscribe over there and you can see the new videos we got all the different little shorts that are up there as well little one minute videos about little snippets that are happening through the show as well mike you want to add something yeah there's something i think you're missing on that looking at me as a mentor thing Uh uh-huh it's a tormentor. No, yeah, well, to, <laughs> to some people, they might call you, they might mumble the tour part under their breath as they say mentor, but no. I think, I think they do. Yeah, so there you go. So, guys, that's it for Season 7. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening to the show, downloading us, and being a part of the Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein experience. Uh, like I said, go back and listen to all the past episodes from Season 1 all the way up till now during the holiday season. You can knock it out in a day or two or a week or two if you just focus and do it. And we'll be back at the beginning of the year with season eight. And like I said, we got a lot of guests coming into the studio, a lot of people that are going to be uh, video calls, conference calls, and all that, and a whole bunch of different pictures and x-rays. So make sure you like and subscribe everywhere that you can find the Equine Dynamics show. On behalf of Mike Stein over there. Have a good day. Enjoy your horses. Have some wonderful holidays. And we'll see you after the first of the year. My name is Travis saying see you next year. All of the doggies are in the corral. All of-